In the year 1954, a man walks into Tokyo's International Airport to board a flight home. But when he hands his passport to the customs officer, he encounters a problem. The country he's trying to return to doesn't exist. Hello and welcome to the Hook Poke Pod, the show where we explore the strange and unusual. Really, we're just two idiots poking stuff we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, could a simple con half a century ago spiral into a famous urban legend? Is the mystery country of Torrid evidence of alternate realities? And is the CIA going around making up fake countries? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. Let's board this flight to Mystery Town. <laughs> so this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to introduce you to one of my favourite urban legends, mm-hmm. I suppose, which you have never heard before. So I'm going to walk you through it and then we're going to talk about pretty much the investigation that myself and other people on the internet have done into uncovering if there is any truth to it and what that truth might be. So if you don't mind, I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to transport you into 1954, Haneda Airport, Tokyo. Mm. It's bustling, it's busy, you're just an innocent customs worker checking passports It's a regular afternoon when a smartly dressed Caucasian man arrives. He speaks French, but also Japanese, so you've got no problem understanding him. And he hands over his passport to be checked by you. You open it up, give it a stamp, see where he's flying to, but it's not in any language you recognise, and it doesn't have any logo or emblem that you recognise, and the country itself, Torrid, doesn't exist. You ask the man, where are you from? Where are you trying to go to? He says, Torrid. He claims this is his third time visiting Japan. He has many different currencies in his pocket. You ask him again where he's going to and where he's from. And he once again says, Torrid, and points to his passport. Um, It's stamped. He's had multiple trips from various countries. But Torrid doesn't exist. He continues to claim it is. So thinking this is suspicious, you take him into a private room. You bring out a map of the world and ask him to point to Torrid. He points to Andorra, which is a very small country between France and Spain, which would make sense. He's speaking French, except Torrid doesn't exist. Now the man is growing frustrated and confused because his country isn't on this map. He claims that the country's been around for at least a thousand years, starts to give you a brief history of the country, but you know it doesn't exist. So this seems highly suspicious. The case is turned over to the police. The police, not knowing what to do, this man insists that where he's from and going to Israel, he claims he's a businessman, that he's with this company in Tokyo, that he's booked this hotel. So you call up the hotel. It's a real hotel in Tokyo. He doesn't have a booking there. You call up this business, it's a real business, but they don't know him. The man is increasingly frustrated, as are the local police, and as is this customs officer. They decide to continue investigating it. They take him to a nearby hotel to let him stay the night, and they'll continue the investigation in the morning. In the hotel room, the man is left inside. Two guards are placed at the door outside. It's a multi-level hotel room, not on the first floor, and the only way in and out is the door guarded by two police. In the morning, a policeman enters to try to begin the investigation. The man and all his belongings have mysteriously vanished, never to be seen again. 
What? This is the story of the man from Torrid. Um, there's a few different variations of details, but across the board, this is the urban legend. Wow. Did he climb out a window? Well, it's multiple stories off. There's no fire escape and no balcony. So the story is he possibly couldn't have. Hmm. That's, well, I was thinking, I was thinking when, you know, when they kind of didn't know where this country was, it was the 1950s, right? Yes. So like, I don't know, maybe there was an undiscovered country somewhere. (laughs) True. I don't know if an undiscovered country would be in France and Spain, especially post-World War II in which. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They thoroughly searched Europe. They got into every nook and cranny. Yeah. Um, But it's an amazing story. And for obvious reasons, it sparked a huge amount of imagination and curiosity, myself included. I've kind of known about this one for, I think, I don't know, it's just one of those urban legends. I guess I knew at some point. But it is also kind of very popular to theorize that this is definitive proof of alternate dimensions. That this man slipped through an alternate dimension, was just as confused as everyone else was, and then slipped back in none the wiser. Or Ooh. he was a con man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, if we're talking about alternate dimensions or con men, one certainly seems more feasible. Mm. And this is where the story gets more interesting, is when you start to go, okay, well, if this was true, either he's from alternate dimensions or a con man, whatever mm. the case might be, there would be evidence. Yeah. Right? You'd have police records, you'd have hopefully airport records there'd be some trace of this man, which is, I guess, where my investigation started into seeking out the truth of this urban legend. Because it's, I want to know, it's really cool. It's a really interesting story. And it's been very popularised. There's been a few books written about it, both like fiction. There's been a lot of blogs made about it. And no one has a definitive answer. With this story, has it kind of... Is there different versions of it on the internet about, like... There are slight variations. Mm. Some say that he was just English-speaking. He didn't have that French accent. Some people say he was, like, bearded. Some people say he wasn't bearded. But the common urban legend version of it is pretty unanimous. Mm. Um, But it gets tricky because when you start to look into sources of this urban legend, where was the first place to actually report it, you kind of come up short. Yeah. And I guess that goes into kind of where urban legends come from. Which is a very interesting topic. And this one, I guess the first mention or at least the most publicised mention of it being potentially an example of multiple dimensions starts in 1974 with this book called Mysteries of the Earth written by Jacques Berger. Mm -hmm. Um, And he brings up this story. Uh, He's got a few older details, but for all intents and purposes, that is at least the most recent record of it being mentioned in in popular media, which I guess kind of sparked its push into the internet and popular sphere Ah, of things. Internet culture. Internet culture, 1974. But once again, if this was real, like whether he's an alternate reality jumper or whatever, Mm -hmm. if there was really a man who turned up at the airport claiming to be from this country, there would be records of it. And they just aren't, at least not in 1954. Yeah, that's true. And now this is when it gets really interesting. So 1954, there's nothing all the way up until the 29th of July, 1960. 
Now, this is the first, I guess, that we've found so far, record of something that potentially could have been this story. And from all sources, it actually comes from um, public transcripts from the British House of Commons. What is that? Yeah, yeah, which is like is British Parliament. So it's a <laughs> just a really fancy way of saying British government. It's, yeah, it's okay. one branch of British government. Um, but the fact is, in 1960, in a public debate in the British House of Commons, there is this quote. You may know of the case of John Allen Zegros, who is at present being prosecuted by Tokyo. This man, according to the evidence, has travelled all over the world with a very impressive-looking passport indeed. The passport is stated to have been issued in Tamanrosset, the capital of the independent sovereign state of Torod. When the accused was cross-examined, he said that it was a state of 2 million population somewhere south of the Sahara. Neither the country nor the language can be identified, although a great deal of time has been spent in the attempt. So suddenly, out of nowhere, not from Japan, we have a mention of Torod. Hmm. And it is the mention of someone claiming that that's where they're from on a passport that, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't exist. Obviously, there are some discrepancies. This person is saying that Torrid is in Taman Rosset, like south of the Sahara in Africa, which is certainly not France and Spain. Yeah. And they also have more details. They say that they've traveled the world, that it's got a two million population, that the passport is very thoroughly used. But for some reason, the British House of Commons is where we get this first little clue as to potentially the origin of the story. So this was obviously real, and it was obviously known enough to be discussed by the British Parliament offhandedly in an argument about how to sort of hmm. keep better, like, border security yeah. measures. Now, there's a few different things here. One of the other things mentioned about this man in the British House of Commons transcript is that he describes himself as an intelligence agent for Colonel Nassar and a naturalised Ethiopian. So he claims he's from Ethiopia, which is south of Sahara. So okay. that adds up. Yeah. There certainly is no country called Tamanrosset and no state of Torrid. But Tamanrosset, slightly different spelling, hmm. is a city in Algeria, hmm. which is still in Africa, though above the Sahara. And then Toreg is a group of languages from around Algeria. But he claims he's an Ethiopian, and then he claims he was an intelligence agent for Colonel Nasser. Now, Colonel Nasser, I had to look this up, in 1960, there was a Gamal Abdul Nasser, who was the second president of Egypt, between 1954 and 1970. So already in the very first record we have of this, from England, mind you, we have this mention of Taman Rosset and Torrid, which could reference Algeria. Mm-hmm. Then we have his mention of it being south of the Sahara, and he says it's Ethiopian. But then we have this mention of Colonel Nasser, who was Egyptian. What? <laughs> right? Is There's this so guy, much going on? Is he just, like, really confused? Or exactly. Like, is he really lost and confused and just doesn't have a, like, solid English? And these details are so specific They're that I'm so just like, why would anyone bother to make this up? Wildly different. Yeah. Right? And then, essentially, following that, the next thing was published like a month later yeah. in, of all places, a newspaper from Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they pretty much published the same story with very similar quotes. 
Now, I don't know how 1960s Canadian newspapers do their thing, but I doubt they're getting their sources from the British House of Commons transcripts. Yeah. But they've published with almost the exact same wording the same story. Wait, oh, so this happened multiple times. So you have that transcript that I read from you from the British House of Commons. Yeah. And then not even a month later, about three weeks later, in Canada, a small paper called The Province publishes that story as well as like a little quirky look what's happening in Europe thing. Oh, okay, right. But they use the same wording as the transcript from the British House of Commons. Even though? Even though it's a different country three weeks later in the 1960s and I doubt this newspaper author is getting their sources from the British House of Commons public debate transcripts. This sounds like a conspiracy. Right? Like like, who's in on this? Not to mention... Japan has no record up until this point. And if this had happened in Japan big enough to have been international and brought up as a reference in a British House of Commons debate, yeah, then certainly Japan would have had some kind of record, right? Hmm. The 10th of August, 1960. So someone online found this old newspaper from Japan that they had translated... And this is more or less what the transcript says. Mm -hmm. That a mysterious foreigner of unknown nationality and background accused of illegal entry and fraud. The defendant, John Allen K. Ziegler, so very close to the John Allen Zegras, mentioned in the British House Commons, was sentenced by Judge Yamagashi in one year of imprisonment at the sentence hearing of Tokyo District Court for illegal entry and fraud. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So we have this name, Ziegler or Zegras. So Zegras and his Korean wife entered Haneda Airport with a forged passport from Taipei on October 24th last year. So now we're also bringing Taiwan into the mix, which supposedly is the country that they flew into, according to this Japanese newspaper. So they flew from Taiwan into Japan, claiming to be from this made-up country south of the Sahara. Right? So they flew in from Taipei on October 24th of last year. Yeah. And in December of the same year, he stole about 300,000 yen and $140 in traveler's checks, which with like exchange and inflation amounts to about $22,000. Oh my gosh. So which is a fair amount. Um, The forged passport used to enter the country was handmade in the name of the country, Negusi Hebasi Gul Esprit. What? <laughs> right? So now we have this Japanese newspaper, which it has to be the same case, right? The name John Allen Ziegler versus John Allen Zegras. Yeah. This has to be the same case. Entered illegally with a falsified passport from a made-up country, except the country's not Torrid or Taman Rosset. Now it's Negusi Habesi Gul Urulu Esprit. What? <laughs> so it's like the same guy. He's just like trying to get... Was he going to the same place each time? Well, I think this is all referencing the same case. Why the British House of Commons has it recorded before Japan does, I don't know. And which story is correct, I don't know. So this place was completely fictitious and the characters written on it were also unclear as to what language was written in, made-up language. According to this Japanese newspaper, the defendant spoke 14 languages. What? And in response to the investigation... He stated he had come to Japan on orders from an Arab-related agency, which would once again kind of put him in the Sahara region. Mm -hmm. But here's the twist. And was working for a U.S. intelligence agency. Mm. 
So now he's claiming he's FBI or CIA. Maybe he's all of the above. Maybe it was like a fake. Maybe he was convinced that he lived in this fake place. But he had a passport that he had successfully flown on a few times with his wife, who was Korean. What if when they say he disappeared from the room, I'm using air quotes here, he was either captured or like, because this just... (laughs) Okay. Well, it's very weird. (laughs) Okay. So this newspaper source says that this case is in the paper because this was during the man's trial, right? Because he was sentenced to one year. And when the verdict was read out, he tried to kill himself in court in front of everyone and had to be rushed out by guards, right? What? Unsuccessfully tried to kill himself in court. And then we have another paper entry from April of 1961. So we're going like... I can't do maths. This is like eight months later, right? (laughs) From another Japanese newspaper, which mentions this case again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. His background and nationality are still unclear, even in the investigation by authorities. He still insists that Negusi Habesi is real. Mm. And then because of the suicide attempts in court, his, like, lawyer is arguing that the sentence wasn't read in full and therefore is invalid. So now he's not even potentially going to jail. (laughs) Okay, but then. This just goes, this just went from like (laughs) zero, zero, one, two, three, four. And then in the newspaper. To 100. I know, it's like, it never ends. This is the best quote of the newspaper. The passport, so this is the fictitious passport, which fooled apparently enough countries to get him covered in stamps, although I guess they could be forged too. And he like successfully got a visa. It was just when he was entering the country that he had trouble with. Yeah. So this passport got him a visa. The passport was the size of a weekly magazine and was recognisable as a glance as fake. So are we sure that he wasn't just carrying around a tabloid and pretending (laughs) it was his passport? Stuck some stickers on it. I'm from this place. Right? Like what is happening in this case? And the very very last record we have of this is from December of 1961. So mm-hmm. near six months later, a little over six months later. Mm. And this is the summary of a Japanese radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Self-proclaimed American-born and raised in the U.S. And they talk about this man's trial where he tried to yeah. kill himself. They call him a self-styled American who professedly acted as an agent for the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Central Intelligence Agency. And he does get sentenced to about a year in prison. Right, for forging a passport. For forging a passport. He still doesn't tell... He says he was born in America. He doesn't mm-hmm. say what country he was coming from. Okay. And that is the last record we have of, of this man from Torrid. Um, maybe not even, though, until pretty much the 1970s where it appears in this book of folklore. Mm. But this man who... I'm going to say it now, was not internet, like, dimension hopping or alternate yeah. reality hopping, was either the best or the worst con man. Yeah. And all the authorities who dealt with him were hopeless. Yeah. Or he was like, because he mentions, like, what? He mentions France, Spain, Algeria, the Egyptian president's involved. He's got, like, Ethiopia. And then he's talking about living in America and being a spy for the CIA. So unless the CIA are going around giving their agents 
passports, not just faked passports, but just make up a country, make up a language. Maybe they were trying to fire him and they couldn't, so they just decided to oh, be get like arrested. Yeah, <gasps> I love here's, that here's idea. a passport here. Just take it, go. And then yeah, he's like, oh shit, <laughs> I've been arrested. That's the best idea. I mean, and then his Korean mm. wife apparently got chipped off back to like South Korea. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, he's in Japan serving his year sentence. But also, I'm sorry, if this passport looks like a was the size of a magazine and was clearly faked, how did he successfully travel into multiple countries with it? Which he did, apparently. But what countries? And where is he from? This, okay, I feel like we got so much information and I feel like from the outset you look at this and go, oh, well, it's solved then. It was just a con man. But like, yeah. But I'm more still, confused than ever. Yeah. <laughs> the more you hear, the more confused Where you are. Where was he from? What's his actual name? Because there just seems to be a lot of confusion. Yeah, definitely the, John Allen is the only consensus. John Allen. <laughs> Zegras, Zeglia, Zeglas are the alternates. They have in different reports. Is this where the Allen key came from? <laughs> oh. That's so confusing. Keys are confusing. No, but you use them for confusing projects. No? What? Apparently I can't be built um, on IKEA. Allen just like a, you, just, you just twist the thing in, right? Undo the screw or do the screw in? I guess. Both? Well, maybe. I don't know how I got maybe onto this. Al- <laughs> maybe this is the conspiracy. Maybe they call it an Allen key because you screw things. Like you screw with <laughs> everyone's heads. Or is this really horny? I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, that went in a completely different direction. <laughs> okay, okay. I feel like of all the different versions of the story we have, there's one fact mm. we do have. John Allen is his name. <laughs> John Allen okay. something. John Allen, he had a Korean wife. wife. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't his wife. Maybe right, it wasn't we'll his wife. Maybe he wasn't. Okay, he had a Korean wife. Because then all these other things stated he flew alone. But, mm-hmm. you know, so there was or wasn't a Korean wife. Now, he, he was either mm-hmm. from Ethiopia or Algeria or Egyptian or just working for the president of Egypt or he was from France or he was from Spain or he was from Andorra or he was from America and was working for the FBI or CIA. Mm, maybe his parents moved him around a lot as a kid and he doesn't know where he's from. That's kind of sad. It <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> and the country he's from is either called Turu, Torid, or Taman Rosset, or Nagusi Habesi Espri. Hmm. Which none of them are real. That we know of. That we. At this current point you in think time. We might still discover another country. Within our consciousness that th- doesn't exist. So maybe he was a time traveler. So you're back on the dimension hopping theory? I am a little bit. Yeah, because it's more fun. It is more fun. I don't know. I think I think the idea of this crazy con man who just at every turn was like, yeah, I'm from this country. No, wait, I'm from this country. No, wait, I'm from the Saharan Desert. Actually, I work with the fucking FBI. <laughs> and then they just couldn't pinpoint him. I kind of love that. It's I very uh, it. it's very evasive. It's very, um, I don't know. I feel like he just, I slippery, feel like he really knew, I feel like he really knew who he was. He just didn't know where he was from. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely knew he was John Allen. <laughs> Zegras or Ziegler or Zyglas. Mm-hmm. Definitely John Allen and definitely a con man. hundred percent. We can agree that this, but, but then there you go. This story of the man from Torrid 
Well, the details are certainly mm. not true. And he didn't disappear from a hotel room. He served a jail sentence. Yeah. But he he was a – it's a real story for, I guess, all intents and purposes. The story's true. Exactly. How do you – how do you determine a real story? Mm. Because I think isn't that – that's the thing about urban legends is that you don't know whether it's real or not and that's part of the mystery. True. And that's I part of the fun. In a case like this, for me, this well of information and, and curiosity mm. and the road it led down to discovering that there really was this guy who at the very least was using a passport that he just made up and it worked, like that's – that means the story is true. It means the story is better than true. Yeah. It means like – in the 1960s, there really was some guy just hopping through countries and saying, yeah, I'm from this made-up, like, country, and no one ever questioned him until he got to Japan. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> what a cool guy. Unless he was not a cool guy, in which case, boo. <laughs> he seems, I, don't, I just think either he's nuts or he's very confused or he's, like, a very clever con man. Hmm. I mean, I guess there's no way for us to know. I mean, you could try and contact him from beyond the grave, I suppose. That worked Holy for us. Holy shit. With the pets. We could try and get, and we could try and contact a psyche. <laughs> contact John Allen and ask him, uh, ask him about Torred. Maybe he's like. I'm obsessed with this idea. I know you brought this up as a joke. I'm actually obsessed with this. If there's anyone I wanted to contact, actually, no, I've got a list of people I'd like to contact <laughs> from the dead. <laughs> I think we need like a pool of money that we can just put into hiring psychics so we can contact the people that we want to contact. It's a good question, though, if, if you could ask him a question. Where are you from, really? He'll say Torrid slash Algeria slash <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopia slash France slash Andorra. He'll slash be like, I'm from everywhere, Negusi, baby. But the fact that there are court, court, not court records, records of someone doing this, entering Japan, getting arrested with a passport from a fake country, to me that's like hmm. myth proved. It's real. The man from Torrid is real. Because I'm sure stories like this would have happened where there's people that have had passports that have been forged from fake places, but they probably no just way. haven't. Do they, you think this happens? No, but... Like, Why would you fake a country, though? I feel like you're going to get know, busted. But maybe they haven't travelled around. This is the first place they're trying to get into and they've just – I'm, I'm oh. sure there would be more stories of that with everything that's happening around the world, surely. People with fake passports, fake countries. I reckon that would be a thing. It's a bold move. It is. I feel like this is just more notorious because of the absolute – Because we never figured out where he came from. And That's the, the thing. Maybe he did come from one of these places. And the absolute insanity of it where the the just giant statements he has made, very bold statements yeah. about these places and his job. And his – yeah, this is – okay, this is the thing. We touched on the countries he says he's from, but he also claims that he worked for the second president of Egypt as an intelligence agent. So he claims mm. he's an Egyptian spy. And then he also claims that he works for the FBI – and the CIA, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like maybe pick one. Maybe pick one. But what if he did? Like, what if he really did? Okay, if he really Come was from a secret agent for yeah. either Egypt 
or America. Yeah. And he fucked up this badly and got himself arrested. And they mm-hmm. were like, this is a fake passport and you've stolen all this money. Yeah. I think that the FBI, CIA, Egyptian, like, embassy would turn their back on him and be like, we don't know oh, him. 100%. He's not one of ours. Like, yeah. So what yeah. if he's telling the truth? What if he was, what if this was real? I know. What if he really was a spy? Does that explain Torrid though? Or is it just he made that up to cover his tracks? Yeah, he Let's made it up. Or the me. FBI made it up. The CIA made it Couldn't up. Couldn't he just said he's from like a random town in Texas? Belgium. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> any country would do. Okay. Like I would love. You know how suspicious. things are getting leaked from the FBI all the time? <laughs> I, I think you look up more on the internet regarding FBI <laughs> than maybe I do. I hope in one of these leaks eventually... We get a little file at the bottom of a paper being like, and our program in the 1960s where we gave cover, like agents, the cover of coming from Torrid. <laughs> How cool would that be if this thing blew wide open and it was real and he was a real FBI or CIA agent? Are we likely to find that out now? I don't know. Maybe they'd have records. You'd hope. I mean, it was the 60s. It was like, come on, peak spy era. <laughs> Spite spy era. Those guys were everywhere. You couldn't avoid them. <laughs> Left and right spies. <laughs> maybe he was one. I think maybe in your past life you a were spy. a spy. <gasps> yeah, I wish. That'd be cool as hell. Maybe this was me in a past life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you are John Allen. And maybe then you're like, I guess what? John it was John me. <laughs> Jokes on you guys. Torrid's real. <laughs> Torrid's real. Maybe Torrid is real. Maybe you're right. Well, let's. What if we go to the theory that he was also telling the truth in that he somehow managed to hop through a dimension, got confused, and he's from this country? Yeah. Do we think that it it existed in the past or in the future, or it is simply an alternate dimension? I, would, I think the the theory for people who believe this is alternate dimension. So it's yeah, okay. It's our version of Earth. We just have like an extra country, right? But, okay, he can't be from Torrid because he said so many different countries. Well, it doesn't mean that just because he's from this made – in this reality, just because he's from this made-up made up place doesn't mean that everything around it also has to be made up. Yeah, that's true. Like it could just be a different variation of how we think it is. Yeah, what's interesting is that none of the Japanese – Coverage of this story mentions Torrid. That is purely from Britain and Canada, which maybe. But there was a. Tr- but okay, this is what conf- <laughs> this is what confuses me so much. The ha- British House of Commons knew about it. This guy, mm. this politician, knew about it enough to reference it mm. as if it's something everyone would know. But that record is like at least a month before any Japanese sources reported. Right. So maybe like Japan just didn't keep track of the newspapers yeah and we've lost that to time but it just seems insane that this obviously international thing england canada the first thing we hear about it is from the british house of commons that's so weird hmm yeah it is a bit random i feel like there's got to be more to the story i feel like it must have been so well known but then if there is more to the story how come the every answer and every report is so different well i feel like that's with a lot of conspiracy theories and urban legends, like, there's just bits and pieces of information and I feel like when it when it comes down to the theory of these things, people do fill in the gaps mm. with that. They can fill in the gaps. Sometimes it just gets shut down. 
for whatever reason. True. Like there are a lot of things that just the government does not talk about. And and it's weird. Jokes aside, genuinely, I think there is a probability he could have been a secret agent. Yeah. Like it was the 1960s. And if he was, then naturally that would be covered up by Mm. whoever needed it to be covered up. And it would stay covered up. I think of this is very feasibly genuinely a spy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we think he's a spy. I think he's a spy or he's a crazy con man who I have a lot of respect for. Maybe he was a really bad spy and this was their way of firing him and getting him just away. And completely, that would completely invalidate everything he says. If they make him sound crazy, no one would believe him when he said he was a spy. That's true. What if they were like to him, okay, we've got people on customs who are on the inside and will know the secret passcode, which is to say you're, you're from children. <laughs> <laughs> we've given you this to back it up. And then he's like, Torred, Torred. And they're like, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Man, I love, I just, I don't know what's better. But this is the thing. This alternate version of things, potentially mm. true version of things, I think it's much better than a guy disappearing from an alternate dimension. Yeah. A spy being turned on by his own government oh, or yeah. a crazy con man who can't keep his story straight or the most confused tourist in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so good. I like. I want to see that movie. I want to oh, see that movie. Oh, that would be a good movie. I'm not sure how it would end. We don't, yeah, don't, I don't know. Okay, well, actually, I do have an end for this story. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. And it was the quote that the... Japanese radio broadcast took from the end of his trial when he said, from now on, I'll start a new life in a new country. And and <laughs> where did he go? I don't think that's the thing you should say when you've been accused of making up fake countries and flying all around the world in a fake passport. That's not your final words. That's so funny. I'll just go live in a new country. It's like, okay, one I'll start new... a new life in a new country. Like, yeah, we know you will, John Allen. That's ex- what you've been doing. And also, what about his wife? Why is the shift back to Korea? Like, fuck her, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> John is... Oh, I, don't, I just... I guess what's your verdict on the man from Torrid? Torrid. I... I think, yeah, it's very, I, yeah, I think it's very feasible he was a spy and I feel like he was sent out on this mission was, I think he was set up. I, re- I It just so sounds, much. yeah, it just sounds so weird. And the fact that he was so set of where he was so from and adamant. that he had the documents to back it up just sounds like a setup to me. I love it. And for once, I don't think that's actually an insane theory. I think that is actually yeah. plausible. For me, um... I don't know. And that's what's the most exciting because it's not just like an urban legend where it's like, oh, yeah, there's no record of it. It's obviously fake internet story. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but whatever. It's like, no, there was a mystery here. Yeah. And it's still a mystery. And whether, yeah, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with he was a spy. Mm. I, I think he was a spy and they decided, oof, you fucked up. We're not going to back you anymore. Yeah. And he, he went off to do his probably get killed. I don't know. I feel like I've watched too many spy movies. I don't know if that's happening. It's really went down. It was. No, it was. It was the 60s. It was crazy. But the, the man from Torrid, that's the story. And then, then some. Oh, my gosh. So when this case was all over and he'd done his jail time, yep. where did they send him back to? Record to stops. To live. We've got no idea. <gasps> See, that's weird. The record stops at the end of the trial. 
See, that makes me think if he was an interdimensional traveler, then he's just gone back to. I feel like wherever famed sort of forger disappears would make the headlines, though. Whereas mm. if he was assassinated <gasps> by either the Egyptian true. or American government, then oh my gosh. there wouldn't be any reports of that. Or it wasn't a paper that he went off and lived a life with his Korean wife and had four kids yeah. and it just was lost to time. And it's like, that's not exciting. We don't want to write <laughs> about that. Let's just but forget. as he said, from now on, I'll start a new life in a new country. And maybe that's what he did. And we'll never know what happened to John Allen, Sagras, or Zeglia, or Seaglass. If you're out there, John Allen, we respect you. We respect you. And I'm not going to ask you to reveal what happened to you because that's your mystery. And <laughs> I'm happy for it to stay yours. Res- nothing but respect for my boy. <laughs> I hope he wasn't a dick. <laughs> I hope he was a good dude. <laughs> well... This has been the Hoke Poke Pod. I'm Emily. And I'm Erica. We'll see you next time. Hi, you've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard, it would be just fantastic if you could rate us, leave a review. Or better yet, show us to some of your friends. Get the word out there about this spooky little podcast. If you want to know more about us or this episode, you can visit our website thehokepokepod.com.au. We post updates, links, episodes, and any references we've mentioned. You'll be able to find them right there. Yeah, I'll put some of the newspaper clippings from my research mm. into this. We'd like to say a huge thanks as well to Gianna Timble for the amazing graphics and art he's made for the podcast, as well as our undying appreciation to Rob, our marvellous and ever-patient editor. We love you, Rob! And finally, if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you feedback episode suggestions whatever takes your fancy we will be there thank you so much for the support and we hope to see you next time bye